Hey everybody, my name is Anita Kirkbride of Torp Communications and this is Halablab, the show for small businesses in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Join me as I talk to businesses you may be following and some you might not have heard of yet. Hear stories from local business owners like you, how they started, where they're going, and of course, since I'm a social media consultant, how they're using social media. Take a moment to subscribe right now so you don't miss an episode, whether you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. Hey, Halifax, welcome back to another edition of the Halib Lab on a chilly Halifax Friday. But we're going to warm you up today because my guest today is actually coming at us from the warm climate of Peru. And that has a lot to do with the story and the business we're going to hear about today. So uh, turn the heat up, put some mittens on, and let's feel warm with Amy today, who I'm going to introduce in just a second. Um, I'm your host, Anita Kirkbride. And uh, I want to invite you to comment, interact, have a little fun with us here on the Facebook Live if you're watching. And if you're catching this on the podcast later, I would love for you to come join us on Facebook Live. I record this every Friday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. Atlantic. That's 12.30 Eastern. We love to have the interaction and the questions from other people. And it's a great way to learn about some businesses here in Halifax that you've maybe never heard of, probably never heard of. So let's get right into the nice warm, because my hands are freezing today. Let's get into the nice warm climate of Peru with my guest, Amy Schwartz from Unleash Surf. Amy is the loyal but mischievous friend who convinced you to go night swimming, sing in math class, eat too many mangoes, tell the whole truth, start the dance floor, stand up for justice, show some love and take the plane rather than the job. Her secret, not secret passion is finding herself at home everywhere from a 43 foot sailboat en route to, from Cape Town to Florida. I get on ferries to the local matriarch's front lawn on Easter Island, a first edition VW bus in Argentine, Argentine Patagonia, a raft on the Carnali River in Nepal, a bike in the Peruvian Amazon, her hammock tent on a Mozambique beach next to more surf breaks than she cares to admit to. I hope my sister Sherry is tuning in for this one. My sister Sherry loves to travel and has had maybe some of those experiences, but um, she would be really interested in your story. Before launching Unleashed, Unleashed Surf, a remote working and travel experience for surfers with wanderlust, Amy was a specialist in creating healthy and active places that you'd like to linger in, developing government policy for community-led renewable energy, running the Nova Scotia Sea School, and guiding outdoor adventures. She's gotten accolades as an agent of change by the Halifax Chamber of Commerce, and her founder's story has been featured in fantastic publications like The Globe and Mail, Forbes Inc., and Cooler Mag. She grew up on the eastern shore of Nova Scotia, and Amy, the surfer girl, is here to join us today <laughs> on Halablab to tell us how she went from the eastern shore of Nova Scotia to running a business that takes people to Peru. <laughs> so tell, tell us first, how, how warm is it in Peru right now? Uh, should I really tell you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I you should tell us. It's probably about like 28, 29 today. Um, it's sunny, but there's a little bit of cloud, so it's not too hot. 
but it's it's definitely nice and warm. <laughs> I was just looking at my thermostat here, but it doesn't it's the way it's set up right now. It doesn't tell me what it is outdoors, but I think outdoors it's like minus three today. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's tolerable. <laughs> it's tolerable, but that's why we need you. That's why we need Unleash Surf. Tell us what Unleash Surf is. So basically we take people who can work remotely or want to try working remotely um, and we provide everything that they need so that they can take their work elsewhere and get all of their work done, but also learn to surf or if they already surf, surf every day. And then what we do is we basically include like a whole um, kind of fulsome travel experience as part of that. So even people who actually don't really like if they might learn to surf but not really enjoy surfing, they really love it because we do Spanish classes, yoga classes, um, cooking classes, which includes like going to the market and buying the produce for the chef. Um, we do dance classes and um, what else? Uh, um, we do workshops on how to make these like reed boats that they've been fishing with here for mm -hmm. 5,000 years. Um, and then we also do tours uh, every weekend to archaeological spots because this area is kind of really important historically for Peru. It's pre-Inca, so pre-Machu Picchu. Mm -hmm. um, and so it has very, very long old roots. Um, and we've we get to do some really incredible tours at some spots that are still in some ways being discovered by the world. So, um, and basically, so people who come, come from all over the world. We do get some people from Nova Scotia, but we get people from Europe and from the US doing all kinds of different stuff. And we have really small groups. So they really get to know each other and the various kinds of um, work that people do. And that's, that's a lot of the fun for us as well mm -hmm. is this kind of intermingling of ideas and people and backgrounds. So tell us a little bit more about how it works. Do people sign up for a specific period or can they just kind of say, oh, I just want to go and do this and then show up a week later? Sure, yeah. So people, um, it's fine if they show up a week later, but <laughs> typically people apply uh, a, a couple months in advance and we have two week options in one month. Um, but we actually run the program for now for three months from February until April. And so mm -hmm. we have like one month chunks in February, March and April. And we really kind of recommend that people spend a full month, if not more. So there was a, a couple of people last year who spent the whole three months and they became like total locals here. They knew everybody. Wow. <laughs> it was really great. But uh, you still get a great experience with two weeks, but you kind of get a sense of it feeling a little bit like home if you're here for a month. So that, those are kind of the options we have at the moment. So how do people get over, like, I'm not a digital nomad. I, I can pick up my stuff and work from away. And I, I have kind of tried to do that a couple of times for a few days. But how do you help people get over that hump of, oh, I'm in Peru. I just want to be on vacation to where they're actually working while they're there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually a really very good question. Um, so it depends on the person like we set it up so that literally you can get off the airplane and get to work the next day if that's what you need um but yeah if you're if you're here in a whole different culture and a whole new place that you want to explore we if that's part of what you want to do that's really why we kind of push people to a month because then you just you have the time for that even if you are working if you're here for two weeks it kind of becomes a, a, a that can be compact um, it's still totally possible because, you know, you, aside from the time you're working, you still have your evenings and the mornings and the weekends. Um, but some people, we had a guest last year and she said she took three days off at the very beginning of her work. 
And so she just had three days to like chill out, get to know the place before she got to work. And so she's, she, we did a blog post on her actually. And that was her recommendation is like, take the first three days off at least. So you can really absorb that you're in this new place and then get to work. So it's really, it depends on the person. Yeah, I think I would have, I don't know if three days would be enough. <laughs> because I get there and I just want to sit on the beach and I just want to eat the food and I don't want to think oh, about totally. social yeah. media. But. but the truth is like a lot of people can't really disconnect, these days can't entirely disconnect mm -hmm. from work. And so for those people who always need to kind of be online or at work, we want to give them an option to also still be able to travel. So, you know, so you can still have the best of both worlds even if you do want more time, you can still do this. It doesn't have to be a vacation mm -hmm. um, if you can't really afford to take a vacation. Right. So how did this start? How did you come up with this idea? It's you a bit, it's a little bit crazy. Three months. I, yeah, <laughs> I actually, my partner and I, my partner already works remotely or had already worked remotely. And I was actually working in, in government in Nova Scotia and I took a three month sabbatical and Years ago, I actually did a year of a master's program here or near here. And so um, I knew the area really well. So I said to my partner, like, I'm pretty sure the internet would be good enough for us both to go and just work from there and let's test it out. Like he always wanted to travel the world and work. And I was now the person in a stuck job where I couldn't go and do that. So we actually came to this same town and managed to set up everything and, and um, increase the velocity of the internet um or the speed so i'm translating from spanish and then <laughs> and uh and so we just had it was a great time and while we were here we heard about a brand new program international program that was taking people digital nomads all around the world and mm -hmm. so you're about to hear i have no control over this sometimes they have big sales and they drive by so i apologize <laughs> i think they're selling brooms or something um oh, that's just part of the culture it's it different really is, than here it really is. there's a different level of noise that's just normal um so anyway so we were here and we did, we heard about this program and we thought um that sounds awesome except it feels a bit there was a lot of people it felt a little bit too kind of crowded um, and it, and it, like a lot of people kind of lived in the same building together. And so we thought to ourselves, well, that sounds awesome, but what we would need is to be by surf. We would want our own apartment so we can cook our own food in our own bathroom. And we would want it to be a smaller group with people more of our vintage, let's say. <laughs> so people that didn't need to party all the time kind of mm -hmm. a thing. And who may, maybe weren't at the very beginning of their career, but a little bit further along and kind of, yeah, had, had a, at a bit of a different stage in life. So we thought, well, what if we just tried that? And so the long, very long story short, that's what we did. We kind of put together, built a model that we thought we would love. We did a whole bunch of customer development interviews to see that other people would also love that. Um, mm -hmm. and, and here we are. <laughs> and that was how many years ago? That was in, so 2015 was when we were here. 2016 was kind of where we started to kind of like pull the idea together. And 2017 was, was when we basically launched we launched pretty much the same time that I had a baby. <laughs> well, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah, or crazy, or both. Yeah. And so, did you have the baby in Canada or here? Yeah, no, we had her in in Canada, and then she okay. was five months old when we first left. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I was thinking to go to Peru and then ha have the additional stress of having a baby there would be. Do you know what? It was actually really easy. People here love kids, and it's different from at home in that like kids 
belong everywhere. So we could still do our regular life, go out, and there was no limit to like, oh, you can't drink after nine or whatever. Like we could take her everywhere and people mm -hmm. would fawn over her. And it was just, it was way easier than I think most people would assume. Um, the only thing was, it just adds a level, another level of, of busyness for us. Right. Yeah. Uh, isn't it interesting but we're here, like, how things are so different culturally in different areas? Uh-oh. Amy, you just froze. Oh, okay. I think you're back. I think you're back. So I was just saying, um, isn't it interesting how different culturally we are from people that really aren't that far away from us? Yeah. I mean, I think, yes, I mean, that's always been my thing traveling is that, yes, it's different, but it's also very similar. And so yeah, outwardly, certain things are very different, but then when you get here, everyone is kind of at their core, very similar. So, so yeah, it's, I've always loved that about traveling is like, once you kind of peel back the layers and can get comfortable with the food and just the rhythm, you can make really genuine connections. And because we've been here so long and we know so many people here, um, we can almost extend that to the guests who come with us. One of our clients said, it's like we get your you know, six years of building contacts like right away as soon as we get off the plane. And that's something you never get traveling on your own, even if you mm -hmm. do plan to travel slowly and be somewhere for a month. So that's really like, that's a lot of the value add that we bring to this is we know everybody and we know the best people to do all of the, all of the things. So you don't have to waste any time figuring it out yourself. Right. So how does it work? People, you have several apartments in a building and people sign up for an apartment. Is that how it works? Yeah. So we, we take care of all that. So we have several apartments in a couple different buildings. Um, so usually our guests are kind of all together and sometimes they're in a couple different buildings nearby. And then we have a co-work space that's also in a separate spot. Um, and then the surf lessons are in another spot. And we actually did that kind of intentionally. The town is really small and everything is within like a five minute walk, if that. Um, and so by not having everything super contained, it kind of pushes people to get outside their comfort zone a little bit and make sure they at least go for a walk from here to there. It's like, it's not a campus. It's actually a real place. It's a small town and it's very safe. So there's no, there's no need to just kind of stay in your room all day. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's the idea is we want people to really kind of have the opportunity to integrate with this town, um, which is part of why we, we try to kind of spread things out in lots of different ways. Not just spread things out um, geographically, but also with the partners that we work with. So why surfing? Why was surfing such a big part for you? Um, because both my partner and I, we met surfing. We both love surfing. We both um, wanted to integrate um, more travel and surfing into our own lives. And also um, because we've both been doing it so long and we've traveled for it so much, we recognize that there is a huge market for this. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many surfers, surfers, and then there's tons of people who tried surfing and want to learn how to get good at it. And it's one of these things where it's such, it's such an attractive thing to try, but it actually is really quite challenging. So mm -hmm. even people who are really good at most athletic pursuits find they need to kind of 
work at getting good at surfing. So it's not the kind of thing you go on a vacation once for two days and learn to surf. You actually need to kind of commit some time to it, which is part of why we offer it this way. It's like, you can still get all your work done. You don't have to quit your job and become a surf bum, which is often what people do to become good at surfing because it's very addictive. <laughs> so you can still keep your job, but you can just get up every morning and walk to the surf instead of commuting to your job. Mm-hmm. And then go to your job, get your work done, and then go back and surf again if you like. And, and then you will get good. Like we can guarantee you will get good if you, if you can kind of do it that way. And we also provide um, one-on-one coaching with a coach who used to, um, or who still does coach the Peruvian national team here. So he, he gives a really incredible instruction. So Is it it's easy kind of hard to- not to get good. <laughs> Is it easier to learn to surf in warmer water? <laughs> yep. I don't want to be betraying my um, my my um, my fellow Nova Scotians about this, <laughs> but it's it's as someone who learned to surf in Nova Scotia in colder water, you just you and and the consistency of surf in Nova Scotia, you can't get in the water every day, and if you do get in the water, you can't be in the water as long. Um, mm-hmm. So in a place like this, where there's surf every single day and the water is warm. Um, you can you can get good much much more quickly. Like, it took me years to get any good. And I had a friend um, in Lima years ago who I was friends with for the whole year that I was there. And within that year, he went from zero to like a hundred, being able to surf. And I'd never seen that before. Is like, oh, you can learn to surf really fast here. <laughs> <laughs> would it be good for? I, I've never touched a surfboard. So would it be good for somebody like me who j- actually just wants the work from away vacation near a beach and maybe take a surfing one. <laughs> Absolutely. It's funny. We didn't envision that before. Like we thought it would be mostly surfers who, who just didn't want to deal with, like to find a good surf spot um, to work from, or even just a good surf vacation takes tons of research to make sure there's going to be like good swell and a, like good internet. Like we used to spend two weeks before we go on a surf vacation just researching. So we thought it would just be surfers who were like, I hate the research. I just want to show up and know there's waves in a hotel or a place to mm-hmm. stay waiting for me. But what we found is we had a lot of people applying who were new to surfing or hadn't surfed before. And it, which was actually awesome because the place where we are um, is so interesting otherwise. So many of our guests said, I didn't even need to take a surf lesson. Like I was totally content with everything you offer <laughs> and just hanging out. Um, but it, it also the area where you learn to surf here, there's like a really calm bay, um, as well as a really interesting surf spot for more advanced surfers. So any level can learn here. So it's pretty rare that you find a place that has various levels of um, kind of waves for people mm-hmm. and really good internet and an, kind of an interesting place to be where you can, you know, have a really fun lifestyle. Mm. And I assume you guys provide the surfboards, do you? Or do people bring their own? Yeah, usually people bring their own, um, but we do offer rentals. Um, and when, if someone's taking like a surf lesson just once or twice while they're here, then our surf instructor also has boards. So there's different options. Right. I'm thinking I'm, the chances of me doing this are slim because of family commitments. But I'm thinking if it was me, I would need to try it a couple of times before I would want to commit to buying a board for sure. Um, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I have this one picture. There's a picture of my sister when she learned to surf. I don't even remember where she was. Yeah. It didn't make me want to surf. <laughs> it, it, it's not, let's just say it's not on my bucket list, but <laughs> that's working good news. Away, that's the good working news. Away on so many beach, people. That is, that's my thing. Yeah. No, so, it's good news because otherwise there'd be so many people in the water all the time. It's good to have people. It's like, it's, I have a theory. It's good to have people who like winter too, because otherwise Canada would be empty. So. That's true. I don't really like winter either, but. <laughs> uh, but also I should mention, we, we actually do accommodate families. So because of how we're okay. a family, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and we have a really good line on all the best babysitters in town and we can set teenagers up with surf lessons. Um, and it's a really easy, safe place to live. So we do, yeah, we set, we set people up to have their families here as well, which is really fun. That's actually a really cool idea because homeschooling has become such a big thing here in Nova Scotia. There's all, in fact, I, one of my daughter's good friends is homeschool and they travel the world because her dad travels a lot. So I could see in that kind of environment, I could see a whole family going and living in Peru for three months. Totally. Yeah. And there's actually like for us, there's a Montes, like a small Montessori school in this town that has just like mm -hmm. a really kind of small community. And then there's like, there's also high schools. So, I mean, if, if someone wanted to come bring their kids for three months, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward and easy. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so this, this is a, a social media podcast, kind of, sort of. I, I want to talk about the businesses, but I also like to talk about social media. So how are you guys using social media to get the word out about your business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, in, all, <laughs> in all different ways, like I love, hate social media. So... <laughs> So do most, most people honestly. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we started, um, when we first started about a year and a half ago, I'd say, when we really first started to promote, we were mostly focused on Facebook. So we, we actually hired a, a marketing strategist to help us um, figure out Facebook advertising, which at the, at the time just was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. um, so she really helped us kind of map that out and figure that out. And so our first year, most of our clients came through Facebook advertising. Um, and we, we, are, we scored really well uh, in terms of rele relevancy and such on the, yeah. that Facebook advertising. So we did pretty well in our first year. We have noticed this year our value for money on Facebook advertising has, has plummeted, even though we still score high. We might even score higher than we did before. Um, so we've found Facebook, we've, and, and how compared to how much it costs, we've started to, because our budget is pretty minimal for marketing, we've started to kind of adjust and move a little bit more towards Instagram, where advertising isn't any cheaper, but, um, but we can kind of get more traction through the kind of almost direct messaging. So to be completely honest, the way that we do it is we often um, follow people who we think are like-minded or follow like-minded accounts. And then we send them direct messages to say, hey, you actually, you look like someone who would love this. Um, you know, would you like some more information? Here's how to sign up for our newsletter. And then we try to kind of get their email address from there. So we, mm -hmm. we kind of milk Instagram for everything we can get it for kind of a thing. So, um, so, so it's, it's become like our main tool, I would say. 
Um, and we do a little bit of advertising and we also do, um, we did a contest, we ran a contest this past month and that has also kind of helped us increase our following on, on Instagram as well. And so that's been a way to kind of gain followers and such. So it's, it's, I mean, we post every day. I've noticed when we don't post every day, things really um, kind of tank. <laughs> so I, I mean, it's just really a long, it feels like a long, slow um, building process, which is, yeah. is um, and, and also feels like, you know, we wonder, we've kind of, I wouldn't say abandoned, but we've, we've sort of um, made our, our Facebook a little bit more efficient. And mm -hmm. I wonder if next year, if Instagram is going to be as, um, productive for us and so we're always kind of thinking like what is the next strategy and before I did this I mean you're you're a communicator you're a marketer I, I I'm new to this and it shocks me how quickly everything has changed um, <laughs> even in the two years we've been in business like it's it's amazing amazingly like challenging to try to keep up mm -hmm. and get people to notice us in that way so we also found um, we also invest, I would say, as much in, um, in, in public relations and PR and getting, getting um, you know, things in uh, magazines and publications and blogs. Wherever we can be, we'll be there. <laughs> so you said a lot of really interesting things in there from a social media perspective, the fact that things change a lot. So how, how do you keep up with how everything is changing? What do you do as a small business owner who is in Peru for three months of the year, how do you keep up with everything for social media? Um, so we, I mean, I just, I use some different tools mm -hmm. um, and I use like, I don't want to advertise for anybody, but I no, use okay. You can later. say their names. Okay. okay. Yeah. I use Later, which is a, um, a company actually based in Vancouver for planning posts on Instagram mm -hmm. so that I can kind of make everything look really beautiful um, before I put it out. Um, and then, and then kind of try to consistently keep up with doing that daily. I don't let them go automatically because I really want to kind of have that control. I, I mean, a lot of people respond to us and say, like, it looks like you have a really personal touch and which is true. Like we don't just put out or produce whatever or produce for the sake of producing. We try to talk like as if we're talking, like we don't mm -hmm. try to kind of use any salesy languages or language. So we try, I would say like, we try to be super honest and genuine as much as we can. Um, but in, in terms of keeping up, we follow a couple of, of like blogs of social media blogs. We, we kind of rely on checking out other people's posts on Facebook <laughs> just to sort of keep up. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of it, to be honest, like I feel like at the beginning, I was trying so hard to absorb everything, all of the stuff you need to know. And, um, and what I've discovered uh, probably after about a year was that actually my instinct for how we needed to sell ourselves was more right than all of the stuff I was trying to take in. And yes. then once I got really solid on that path, then I could kind of read stuff, take from it what was useful to me and leave the rest aside rather than feel like, oh my God, how will I ever do all of this? There's so much to know and I don't know any of it. <laughs> so I feel much more confident in it now. Can you articulate any of those things that you were feeling the pressure to do that you finally said, no, that doesn't work for us. We're just going to leave that. Is there any, anything? Uh, yeah. Your head? yeah. So um, I think when we first started, we, we really felt like we needed um, like a step-by-step -step sales funnel. 
So what we offer is a really big product. Yes. It's not a $25 product. And so getting someone to the place where they would buy a big product, um, you know, there's a lot of theory that you need to have these little pieces to kind of sell to people to get them there or different little hooks. Um, and so that was something I was actually unfamiliar with. Like, how do you do that kind of hooking? And um, But we we kind of, we tested that out and, and, and we tried different like, um, almost like you probably know like opt-in monster on our website mm -hmm. and and our website started to become something that like if I landed on it would really irritate me um and so and the, the kind of like trying to sell bits and pieces to get to our our bigger piece felt like something that would also irritate me <laughs> and again like there's no science to how we ended up doing this that that's probably much more scientific like you know you'll get more people if you do this this and this but we, um, it just, it started, we started to feel like, well, this isn't us. Um, mm -hmm. So, and, and it wasn't, and people weren't responding to it in droves. <laughs> so, and we realized what they were responding to was the stuff that was much more genuine. So, it, you know, the stuff we were producing on Instagram that didn't have any weird things popping up to get people to click and whatever, or, or like kind of taking people on a tangent away from what was our actual product to get them to eventually buy our product. We just came back to like the product, why it's awesome and, and marketing very um, genuinely, consistently, but without any bells and with distracting bells and whistles that would irritate us. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think there's, I think we're going to see a backlash against all that bells and whistles and all that salesy junk that's out there. I mean, you have to have some processes. You have a process. It's just Absolutely. that we're used to hearing about perhaps. But I, I think um, we're going to see a trend towards less and less of all that very common salesy stuff. I mean, I'm already seeing a backlash against um, the sales tactic where people go and rent a Ferrari and take pictures in front of the Ferrari. We all know that person doesn't own a Ferrari because they had a funnel Facebook. Right. So I think we're starting to see that come back to the really authentic, um, true story. Some of it is some of it isn't polished. Some of it isn't fun, but all of that really authentic stuff. And it, you know, it really does work, but it takes vulnerability to do it yeah. personally like that, which is really hard for people. So totally. Do you find it difficult to to do it all very manually like that and to tell really personal stories yeah so yeah that's what i was gonna actually say next is the two things that are really hard about doing it that way is one it takes i find it takes way more time like we are we literally consider our marketing hand-to-hand -hand combat like we are personally sending messages and personally um responding and almost like recruiting um in ways that I never imagined would be something that that's how marketing would work. And I would say to be, to be completely transparent, we have someone that we hire on Upwork who helps us organize that. So I don't have to do all of the like, cause I'm terrible at it, like making sure no one falls through the cracks. Um, but, but once that's organized into, you know, like, okay, here's the people on Instagram you need to respond to. And, like everything is hand to hand and that that's that's very time consuming that that probably mm -hmm. consumes the majority of my time which i was not expecting before we started the business um and then i would say the vulnerability part yes like that was 
one of the other things that was interesting when we first started working um, with a marketing strategist at the beginning, she said, tell your story. And we were like, eh, no one's interested. And, oh, oh. <laughs> and, um, and, but she was very wise in saying to us, like, look, um, you guys don't have anything but your story to tell, to sell <laughs> right now. <laughs> which was a great point like we hadn't run a trip we just had this like idea that we were trying to sell like this is going to work everybody you should come so um so we had to really sell ourselves and we still do i would say hopefully eventually um in the next year or two the word of mouth will will make the funnel for us and we don't have to um but yeah so we we put um, our story on our our web page like a very honest story uh about how we met and like some some difficult things that happened in our lives that made it kind of um, made it so that we felt like we had to start this business basically, and uh, and to our and we were really felt very awkward because we we're both pretty private people, um, but it's been it's funny like that and that's what people responded most to like I still get yeah. messages that people say the the reason why I've reached I reach out to you or I would come is because of reading your story and I identify with it and I'm so grateful that you were honest with it uh putting it out there so it's been yeah that's been um really kind of a, an, an interesting part that I wouldn't have done without good advice to start with. right okay so we're coming up on the end of our time here so let me ask you one final question about social media if you sure. were advising a group of business owners or entrepreneurs what would you tell, what's your best tip for social media? Um, I, well, like most of our social media is focused on Instagram. And I, I would say, I mean, my best tip for social media and how we've done everything is, um, well, maybe two things. Don't wait. <laughs> I'm going to say two contradictory things. Don't <laughs> wait until things are perfect to before you start so like don't wait until you have the perfect post or the perfect funnel or the perfect like just yes. do it um but and so the contradictory thing is like i have the great fortune or we have the great fortune as unleashed for my partner to be a web designer who is very um rigid about things looking beautiful mm -hmm. um so we have worked really hard to make our branding and our site and our instagram look beautiful and we have invested in you know photographers and and I mean uh, obviously not my partner because he can he can do it but he invests a ton of his time online and so I would say don't wait until you look great but really work hard to look great rather than you know I, all the other things you could do that might be a waste of time looking good and and um, yeah doing really great branding I think is really really important so that would be my biggest social media tip and it's funny like one other tip I would probably give as well because your what we your last question made me think about it is I was just talking with this friend of mine who just had an article um, in the Chronicle Herald about her and she said oh it feels so self-aggrandizing to like have to have an interview about me and blah 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 and I said to her like people 15 years younger than us have no issue talking about themselves and so we just need to get over it and 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 it's a good practice to get over it too like same with me us me and john being like oh we don't want to tell our story it's like everybody who's a few years younger than us feels totally comfortable telling their story mm -hmm. and also men always feel super comfortable like 
at a job interview or whatever, like get it, putting themselves out there. So I said to this friend of mine, who's a woman, it's like, um, you are 10 times more intelligent <laughs> and more worthy of that attention than 98% of the rest of, of people who feel much more comfortable. So you just need to kind of get over it and, and say it <laughs> and do it and not feel like it's self-aggrandizing because mm. it's not, it's just part of how you have to kind of communicate in this world at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great way to to end the discussion. I'm always telling people you just have to do it. You just need to get over that fear and get on there and tell your story, be authentic. That's how you're going to attract your team, your people. They will be attracted by your story and because they will resonate with it and all of those things that you've just said. So that's perfect. And I think that's probably why um, your business is working, you're going forward, you must, you have a, almost an almost full uh, cohort group for this time, but you do have a yeah. special offer for people who are watching or listening to Halablab. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. Yeah, thanks. Um, we have just a couple of spots left in February. So we wanted to offer to any of your listeners um, a, for a two week trip. We actually from about February second until 16th, I think it is. Um, that's a two week trip. We can offer that at 50% off for um, wow. anybody who can make the last minute trip and prices actually from Halifax or Toronto to Lima to Peru are really surprisingly cheap. It's way cheaper than even going to Mexico sometimes. Um, and then um, for someone who would want to come for a month, it's actually 30% off as well. And if you want to bring your partner or, or a significant other, we can also offer a discount on that. So then that's something we, we really don't do discounts. So this is a, a big deal to, if, if you're thinking about it, now's the time. <laughs> well, that's an amazing offer. So thank you for that. And hopefully somebody out there, I mean, I know lots of people who can just pick up and travel anytime they want. So hopefully there's somebody out there that's thinking, geez, it'd be nice to spend the rest of my winter in Peru at the beach and work while I was there. Exactly. Uh, I'm thinking it would be nice to spend winter in Peru working at the beach. It would. Yes, it would. Uh, yeah, it would. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll be me one of these days. Um, thank you very much, Amy, for joining me today and letting us know about all the wonderful things uh, about Unleashed Surf and uh, for the offer and sharing your story and how you got there and also for encouraging entrepreneurs to come into social media to be authentic and to share their story and to just get over themselves because I think that's what we all we all myself included we all need to do that so thank you very much for joining us uh and thank you well, to thanks for having me. sorry so thanks to everybody who uh tuned in on Facebook live and everybody who's listening to the podcast afterwards thanks for joining us please do come join me on a Friday afternoon at, to to learn about some more businesses and if you're interested in being on the Halib Lab we're now booking for our last few spots for 2019 which will be for March so if you're interested in having one of those spots please do send us an email at info at twerp.ca, it's T-W-I-R-P, and we'll try to get you into one of those last few spots in March. Um, after March, I'm taking a few months off of Hellablab, and Hellablab will come back in September. So let us know if you're interested, and uh, we'll see you all next week for another great interview with another local entrepreneur. Stay social, Halifax.
Thanks for listening this week. You can catch the Howl Lab live every Friday at 1.30 p.m. Atlantic, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on the Twerp Communications Facebook page or catch the replay on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can go to twerp.ca for links to everything we mentioned in this episode. And while you're there, you'll probably want to grab one of the freebies available to help small businesses manage their own social media marketing. If you run a small business in the Halifax area and you'd like to be featured on Halablab, we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at twerp.ca. That's info at twirp.ca. Talk to you next week.